Badass Friends. My name is Laurie, and you are here for this week's edition of the Badass Ladies Club. I'm here with my friend Jessica and our friend Becca. Before we get started today, uh, we've got a very special Badass of the Week that Jessica's going to share with you now. Okay, y'all. Our Badass of the Week that has to do with this whole conversation, by the way, is the one, the only, RuPaul Charles. What? Um... And I know y'all, you're probably out there thinking that's reaching above and beyond, but we're manifesting it right now. Go big or go home, all right? That's what I was saying. <laughs> RuPaul, the ultimate badass. I mean, come on, guys. Um, obviously, everyone knows RuPaul as a drag queen, but RuPaul is also a musician, uh, I would say life performance artist, <laughs> like original nineties club yes. kid icon, yes. like club come on kid, Glam a, club kid glamazon. Yes. Right. He was in a punk rock band. I mean, with a mohawk and all just such a badass. And man. most recently self help guru genius, <laughs> in my opinion, like who needs therapy when you have RuPaul? Because um, I, mean, I don't need therapy anymore. No, because I'm healed. RuPaul. It was, yeah. the, it was the cult. I feel like it was the culmination of like 20 years of him going to therapy and being like, this is all I'm going to share, this gonna share you all now. the secrets. Yes. So good. Okay. Yes. RuPaul. Get on this podcast now, please. We will send you a badass box if you would only send us your address, <laughs> and we can't wait to see you. Casual, it's right. somewhere in Wyoming. Yeah, it's somewhere, it's fine. It's somewhere in Wyoming. It's fine. I mean, I wonder how many addresses there actually are in Wyoming. I don't know. Too many. Too many. Okay. I, know I don't know. Lot. Kanye's living there too. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, he's got a lot of land out there. Uh, RuPaul, Kanye. Kanye can have a box too. That's fine. Like, <laughs> I guess that's why, for another podcast. Right. right. Hey, we I digress. Guess Wyoming sell the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Becca freaking Ashman, though, because yes, she's here so right now for Becca Ashman. So um, Becca and I go way back. We met in high school. You're what, two years younger than me? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You graduated in 07, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Becca and I went to high school together. We were in theater together. The theater. Becca. Um, was always so wonderful and great to work with. She was a costume, makeup, hair artist extraordinaire, even back when we were teenagers. And as we were discussing right before we started recording, she projects the loudest more than anyone I have ever worked with. <laughs> so, it is a disease, and um, I am so sorry. <laughs> but, Becca, you took... Um, a really interesting path after high school. You went to college, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you went to college. Did. Where did you graduate from? So I did all the things you're supposed to do. And um, I went to college at TCU. That's right. Um, I started as a musical theater major. And Same. then I came to the conclusion that you don't need a degree in musical theater to do musical theater because I very distinctly remember my senior year of high school, I did um, a show at a community theater and my uh, current pediatrician was playing my father-in-law. So that was like really awkward because the show is like a very all ages show. Like the youngest person, I think we had like a five-year-old and then we've got 40-year-old man's, my high school theater teacher was also in the show. And then I remember- Mr. Cure was in it? Not Cure, my high school theater teacher from Lamar. Oh. Yeah, so there was that. And then there was the awkwardness of like all the Who's other- Who's that, Mr. Morris? Yes, Morris. Steve Morris. Yes, oh my God. Mor Morris is in 
the show. And then the awkward part was, um, you know, of course, maybe people we went to high school with, they were like, so has he seen you naked? And I was like, he's oh, a pediatrician. My God. Like, I'm 17, you guys. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. But I realized very quickly I didn't need to have a degree in that to do what I wanted. Um, and so I kind of switched. I was at the time I was kind of doing a two two for deal. I was also doing public relations because I was like, yeah, somebody knows how to talk and it me. <laughs> um, it me like knows how to talk. And I'm I've very much always been the person who like if I can't fix your problem, I know somebody who can help you fix yeah. your problem. Like I'm very much a, a connector yes. and that's kind of my deal. So we got to sophomore year and I wasn't quite, I had mentioned to my mom that like hair and makeup was kind of what I was interested in. So freshman year, I wasn't allowed to have a job. And so what it did was she didn't say I couldn't hustle. So <laughs> I started doing the TCU showgirls makeup on Saturdays before game days out of my dorm room to make money Okay, because I cannot stand asking for money. Never have liked it. I have worked as long as it was legal in Texas for me to work, which is like 15. You right. can babysit or work at Chick-fil-A or work at a day camp. I do not like asking for money. And my mom is the mom who will literally, she's like, I will give you, like, just ask me, I will give you. It's nope. not about that. It's about knowing that I can do it on my own. And like, yeah, if I were in dire straits, totally would have called her. But I was like, girl, let me buy my own eyeshadow. This is great. <laughs> I got like, this. this is fantastic. And it's so, a tax write-off. And it's tax write-off. So it was so fun. So sophomore year, I saw that there was an option under the theater classes to take a stage makeup class. And I signed up for stage makeup and our teacher had just moved from Chicago because he was the lighting designer for the Oprah show. Okay. Nice. And he was done with that job and he had just moved down here. And I learned so much in that class about not just about makeup, but about makeup for lighting and working in all these different scenarios and working with different people and also learning how to be weirdly diplomatic and put men in their place. So my my teacher was a man and we had one specific assignment that was old age makeup. And so everybody was asked to bring in a reference photo. So bring in a reference photo. It's my grandmother. And, you know, you mark, you do like a chart of your own face and then you do a chart of their face kind of one on top of the other, making you, you look like them. And he's like, you can't use this photo. I said, well, why can't I? I was like, that's probably what I'm going to look like. And when I was born, right, everybody, literally my blood. Yeah, right. I was like literally my blood. And also one of the things I used my grandma's picture specifically because when I was born, my grandma looked at me and said, I never thought that I was beautiful until I saw her. <gasps> Oh, like tears forever. And so I just think my grandma's like the best, the most. And he was like, well, you can't use that picture because that woman has clearly had plastic surgery. And I said to him, I go, I don't know if you've met an elderly black person before, but uh, we don't really age quite like you guys. Uh, <laughs> don't crack. She I was crack. Like, and so I had to tell him, I was like, also, we're very open in my family about our procedures. None of that's happened. Mm. But if it does, I'll let you know. You'll be the first. So, And he was just like kind of gobsmacked. And it was the first time I realized it was like, oh, you can say what you need to say without being rude and get your point across and be a grown up and the person will still respect you. So I feel like I learned a lot in that like weird little class yeah but it kind of it kind of got me moving towards stuff after that class I was like 
I don't need to be here. And I had some like life crises and decided to, I, I straight up dropped out of school. And my mom is a really cool mom. And she's like, all right, here's the deal. You can always live at home, but the rules are you have to have a job or you have to go to school. So pick one. So I started working at a burger place and the days I didn't work, I started working for a photographer um, who used to work for the Star Telegram with like new models. And I would, and it was, Oh, I helped you with one of yes, those. You did. I was your model. Oh I girl. Did. I was talking to my mom about that shoot last night in preparation for this. <laughs> and I was like the level of shame. And my mom was like, sweetie. <laughs> she's like, no one wants to see, she's like, no one wants to be shown their work from 10 years ago. No, they die. No. And I was like, literally would die. I was like, I'm scrubbing them from the internet now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like shameful. it never happened. Never. Ha but in my mind, I thought it, Oh my God. I thought I was doing something so great. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about progressing as an artist. Though. Ugh, like yes. it is. And I th also think it's so important to see for other young artists that are coming up for them to see that everybody started somewhere. Yes. Everybody started somewhere. You don't get awesome at it unless you sucked at it to begin with. That, like, uh, yes. And I had like, and I will be honest, I had a level of natural ability and the level of natural ability for me um, came out of difficulty. Um, and Bobby Brown has said this before, um, famed makeup artist, Bobby Brown. She basically said that African-American makeup artists are often some of the most talented makeup artists ever because the stuff for us didn't exist and you had to make right. your own. Yes. Yeah. So a good amount of my adolescence was me figuring out how to make stuff on my own. You'd go to your girlfriend's house and you get ready to go to the whatever weekend dance and everybody's sharing their makeup and you're like, girl, I can't do it. Like, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Or there's literally a picture from a cast party. I think you're in the background of it. Oh, bless my sweet heart. <laughs> I did not know the difference between foundation powder and blot powder. So I have used blot powder as foundation powder oh, and I am a stark color of white. Oh no. Um I am wearing orange I need to see this picture. old navy joggers. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody starts somewhere. Right. And I, yes. I, I everybody starts somewhere. I personally think it's good to have some pictures of you where you look like hot trash so people yes. can fully appreciate how well, attractive you are. And so that you <laughs> can appreciate as well. But oh, yeah. anyway, okay, so when did you start BA Beauty? I, I guess on a technicality, um, BA Beauty had a different name. Technically, 2009, 10. Yeah, okay. So technically it's been around, but I didn't make it a formal, real big girl thing until I graduated from college. Okay. So let's see. Let's do a fun little timeline. I, I dropped out. Um, in 09, I like didn't go to school. I think I went to TCC for a minute. And then 2010, I went back to school. I graduated in 2013. We graduated. We say that loosely. <laughs> um, graduated is real loose girl. She did her very best in the university. It was like, you tried, sweetie. <laughs> Here's, your job. Good job. Here's your degree. Good job. So I did that. And then I graduated. I didn't have a job in public relations, which is what I had gotten to school for. And I specifically was like, I am a realistically in the PR world, I got a lot of gifts, but sometimes having a lot of gifts makes people not like you. Yeah. And so a, I am a pop culture aficionado. I can talk to anyone about anything. 
That is also a deep result of ADHD. And I am fascinated so deeply by the world around me. Like, I will talk to you about Baz Luhrmann. I will talk to you about why there are two different manufacturers for Girl Scout cookies. Like, pick something random and dumb. (laughs) I can talk to you about it. But sometimes that doesn't work in your favor. And people don't, people don't like that even if you are like, hey, I'm telling you this because like this is good for you. And a lot of times in PR and things that I knew happen were happening were like you would go in and a lot of PR pitches, PR interviews used to ask you for pitches, mm-hmm. which I really wish they would stop doing because they just will not hire you and steal your pitch. Right. Mm. And so a lot of, you know, stuff like that happened. And I was like, I was still, I worked at Sephora all through college and I was still working there. And my mom said, says to me, hey, you're doing weddings every single weekend. You're booking a wedding every single weekend. You're always busy. She's like, why don't you make that your job? Why don't you formalize that and make that your job? So my mom is precious and adorable. And um, she, Valentine's Day is a really big deal in our house. Um, It's not a romantic love thing at all. It's very much, it's important to show people you love, you love them, your friends, your family, um, the lady who always gets my order perfect at McDonald's. Blanca, I love you so much. She got a Christmas present and she's getting Valentine's Day. Shout out to Blanca. Shout out to Blanca. She's she's everything. I love her. But it's important to show people uh, like that stuff, Valentine's Day or not Valentine's Day. And so my mom is the cute, sweet mom who I didn't have a job. So she bought me a domain to start a blog. Oh, wow. She brought me a domain to start a blog. And then she bought me a domain to start my website for my business. And so I was like, oh, I'll still do PR. So in trying to keep up with that, I wanted to keep writing. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I know? Well, I know makeup. So I blogged about makeup and about beauty and about bad dates. That was a, <laughs> that was a real selling point right. on the blog. Um, but she did those things for me. And I kind of started to like lean in real hard into it. And then I got real busy. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I was doing weddings all the time and, and doing the things. And yeah, just kind of happens and I looked up and it's 2021 and everything feels very weird yeah (laughs) I'm like wait what year is it this wild (laughs) I I know totally feel that wow so gift that keeps on giving mom yeah isn't that funny that you were doing that much makeup and you were had your services were that much in demand but it took somebody from the outside looking in to be like hey maybe this is your path you know like and I think it I think it was the um the going out and doing something on your own is terrifying. There's not a guidebook for any of that at all. And when you're trying to find people to guide you in that, it can be hard. Um, you know, people in the industry that I like would trust would do snaky things. And I will say of the DFW, um, wedding industry and specifically like bridal makeup community, we are an anomaly Um, We are unlike any other market. People come here and they're confused that we like each other. People Mm -hmm. come here and they're confused that when I tell them I'm unavailable, I send them three recommendations for three other artists that I like. And they're like, wait, they're like, you would give me another artist? And I was like, yes, why would I not? Mm -hmm. I was because... Why would I not? And I, I obviously you, want you to look beautiful on your wedding right, day. Like, like yeah. you and Laurie are my like makeup, yeah. re- like referrals for people, people and yeah. they're like, 
Oh, but, you know, people are really confused by the, no, there's camaraderie here. (laughs) Yeah, and I think... We want each other to succeed. To succeed, and I think that one thing, people are always like, why have you been successful? Why have you been successful? I've been successful because what is for me will always be for me, and Mm -hmm. there's nothing that anybody Mm -hmm. else can do to take it away. So it's weird to me when I hear people say, she took my job. No, she didn't. That job was never for you. That job was never meant for you. What is for you will always find its way to you. You might feel in the moment like somebody took something from you, but the reality is it wasn't for you. And that likely means that there's something bigger and better on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I don't have any fear of somebody coming in or like new girls coming in and messing up, I I do not bring me the new baby so I can Mm. teach them (laughs) to price themselves accordingly because they are worth more than they're charging. Or I have, I had a girl email me and ask about being an intern and she had just graduated from college, super great credentials. She graduated from the same program I did at UTA and I messaged her and I said, I do not have any money to pay you, but I want to be really honest with you and tell you, do not let anybody tell you that you have to work for free. Do not work for free. I was like, if I get to a point where I can have an intern and I can impart information and give you some money in this economy, I absolutely will. But I cannot in good conscience take advantage of your skills Mm -hmm. and let you take, you know, get this education and not make any money off of it. Mm. It doesn't hurt me to help other people. It doesn't yeah. hurt me to to lift you up or or teach you um, a skill or help you learn how to do it how I do it. You know why? Because I'm the secret sauce. You're never going to be able to do it mm-hmm. how I do it, exactly how I do it, why I do it, the way I do it. Half of the reasons that people book me for their wedding have nothing to do with my makeup ability. I have 100%. No, like, I say that all the time. I'm most, like, there's... my bookings have nothing to do with my ability. People book me because I'm fun. Right. People book me because right. I'm a good time. My favorite comment was, Becca is like human Xanax. She will calm you <laughs> in the most stressful of moments, which is seems wild, but is it's that, such a compliment. Is that review on your website like five stars? Becca uh, prob- probably. Like I probably should. I, would, I, probably I would say should. that should be your tagline, honestly. Like... And not in a bad way, just wedding days are anxiety stressful. inducing for yeah. people. Yeah, wedding days and are weddings are, are my specific are are the niche that I've spent the most time in and they're stressful for people, which I guess my ability to be human Xanax is why I love a production scenario because everybody in production is like ah, ah, running everywhere and I'm like, I'm good. It's good. I'm just, good. I'm just chilling. Well, and family dynamics <laughs> in weddings, I think, are intense. Like, if you have any kind of stressful family dynamic, it will come out on your wedding that day, is, you know? And um, that is the majority of what I am doing. Yes. Um, I spend um, a good amount of time I'm the hammer. Mm-hmm. I am the hammer. If we got a rogue bridesmaid, if we got a jerky mother-in-law, mm-hmm. if we, I'm the hammer. Because they don't know you, and exactly. it doesn't matter if they're pissed at you. Exactly. Like, take it out on me. Fine. So, like, so you're super, like, I can be the bad guy. Right. I can it's be the okay. bad guy. I am also like very no nonsense. Like, hey, girls, butts in seats. Hey, if you're late, you don't get your makeup right. done because it's not your day. Sugar bad. Like, Sorry. I, I've, ha- I've had a mother of the bride. Um, am I allowed? to swear absolutely yes. i had a mother of the bride <laughs> tell her daughter she was an asshole on her wedding day <gasps> no. and, and so i had to keep fired i had to keep her uh, keep them separated for the day um i had i've had a wedding where um 
Uh, one groomsman and one bridesmaid were missing because they did the bachelor and bachelorette party the night before. So that was a fun one. Classy. Oh. Um, was someone in jail? You bet your uh, sweet yes, they were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, wedding days are wild. I'm sure I could write a, a book. Um, and some I do, but yeah, weddings, mostly I do some production work. Production's kind of my like low key, like sleeper fave. Mm-hmm. Um, cause God, I love men's grooming. Oh God. I love it too. Uh, it's like, so good. Oh, I love men's grooming. I could do it all day. Make sure like your beard edges are perfect. Not a brow hair out mm-hmm. of place. No crusty lips. Nope. <laughs> Listen, people are like, what do men need grooming for? That side mouth crust, baby. <laughs> it's not cute. And it's not cute. Nobody wants that. But yeah, men's grooming is like my my sleeper fave it's thing fun. to do. It's good yeah. fun. Yeah. So I'm really interested only because I'm also a makeup artist, but yes. that I have a very like caretaker nature to me. And I know that caretaking is a big part of what you do also. Now, yes. I've never done it at the level that you do it. It's always been like isolate, like somebody's had surgery or yes. um, when my grandmother was dying of cancer, you know, like I spent yeah. time with her, you know, while for days on end while we were taking turns and shifting, you know, like through that comes very naturally to me and so I know that because that's so much of what you wanted to do I'm interested in the shift from huge personality PR makeup and you know beauty business theater kid to caretaking so tell us about that so um I became a caretaker because it just happened um I had my last semester of college I moved home because I signed a weird lease in like August and I was graduating in December and I was like, okay, well, I don't quite want to, I don't want to sign another lease because I don't know where my job will be after college. So let me just move home. So I was like, Hey mom, can I move home for six months while I figure it out? She's like, yeah, sure. So move home. I'm starting to look at apartments. It's like August 2014. I'm starting to look for um, apartments to move out in August. And my mom comes home and she's like, hey, we need to have a talk. And I'm like, okay, like, what what do we need to talk about? She's like, I, you know, I just got back from the doctor with your grandmother and she has Alzheimer's and stuff had been going weird. We basically, I graduated December, 2013, and we basically bought her a one-way ticket and really didn't say anything about getting her a ticket home because things had been going, um, strange. So for background, in 1997, my father passed away. Um, He was unfortunately killed by a drunk driver, but he was a wonderful, amazing man. Um, A lot of who I am and how I am and the way I live my life is very much like trying to make my dad proud kind of deal. Um, But my grandmother had retired earlier. My grandmother retired in May. My dad died in July. My grandma dropped her whole life. And for the next, until my sister went to college, so for the next 15 years, my grandma lived in Texas from uh, August to May every year and then would go to New York for three months. And then usually for one of those months, she would take us to New York to give my mom a break. So she has just always been 
everybody else's caretaker. Mm-hmm. So I, I always saw it. And so when, when she moved back up there after my sister went to school and she actually moved with my sister because my mom was a little nervous about her going on her own and things started to get weird. And then we got a diagnosis officially. And my mom was like, would you be willing to kind of stay living here just as a safety net. We weren't at a point of anything being, you know, super wrong. She's cooking for herself still. She's feeding herself. She's just occasionally forgetting things. My mm-hmm. mom's like, but would you mind being here? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So basically my ability to work for myself and being a makeup artist and doing all of that made it so that I could tailor my life to help my grandmother as her Alzheimer's diagnosis progressed. So it's been, I guess what it's 27 years. Yeah. So uh, seven years, um, comparatively to everybody else who's at the same stage as she is, she's like, it's weird. It's like, she's in a different stage. She's way better than where she should be. Like all the things they say she shouldn't be able to do. I'm like, yeah, she does that every day. Like she, like people are like, she shouldn't, they're like, she brushes her own teeth. And I'm like, yes, every day. Like she, there are things that are habitual that are in her and she's, they're just not going to go. And you guys follow (laughs) Becca on Instagram right now because her stories of like the daily adventures with her grandma (laughs) are so fun. Sometimes not fun though, Becca, like sometimes you have a hard day and you're very, very transparent about it, which I think is really important. It's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't hold back. You don't sugarcoat it. You're like, yeah. today was a hard day yeah. for her, for me, for everyone involved. Yeah. But on the fun days, Becca, <laughs> it is so funny. I mean, I raise your hand if you've been locked out of your home while you were in a bathrobe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did I maybe have to climb in through a window? <laughs> Maybe it's your average day, like like, there are parts of it that are hard, but there are parts of it that are most of it is so funny. And I actually didn't talk about things. I don't think I mentioned anything until maybe 2019. Nobody knew. Yeah, it's been very recent. Yeah, nobody, nobody knew. I didn't know you've been taking care of her that long. Yeah, nobody knew. And my girlfriend, since I started doing it, my girlfriend Katie had been encouraging me to talk about it. She's like, Becca, there's never been a time in my life where I have spoken about something hard or difficult or personal in this way where I have not felt a million times better for being honest about it afterwards. Absolutely. And so I was like, okay. And I didn't, at first I thought I was going to do something really eloquent and just like write a post and be like, this has been my life. And then one day we just had a terrible day and a terrible day. And I literally just went and I sat outside and I put the camera on and I was like, this is what's been going on. This is my life. This is what it is for some people. And we kind of got to get honest because there are a lot more of us doing this than people realize right now. Mm -hmm. There are a lot, lot, lot more of us. I met a girl who's the same age as me and she's not taking care of her grandmother with Alzheimer's. She's taking care of her mother with Alzheimer's. So there are a lot more of us doing these kind of caretaking roles um in our lives and um I don't know I think I very much think that I was a person who I was born to I was born to make people smile like I that is my purpose my purpose is to make people happy to make people laugh to make people feel good about themselves like 
I'm just trying to hype everybody up. I'm just trying to be your hype man. I'm your Chris Jenner. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Like that's <laughs> like that's what I'm here for. Like that's who I am. And I think my grandma was always that for me. Like I could turn on like music and like dance in the kitchen right now and she'd look at me and she'd go oh get it girl. <laughs> like she all, like even in, like she is not all the way there there are some days my grandma thinks i'm her best friend which is amazing <laughs> you guys alzheimer's is a hard and sad disease but it is also freaking hilarious <laughs> i have gotten some grade a gossip from 1960s <laughs> and 70s and what's yes. amazing oh my is God, that yes. it's real stories yes that it happened. it's the real stories of her and her girlfriend groups and somebody cheated and Ooh. this and when she gets spicy it's amazing so right now um every now and then she floats in and out and she thinks i'm her best friend my aunt Blanche. how amazing so she talks and she'll be like Barbara, can you believe this? <laughs> Barbara, can you like Barbara's her full name, but like Blanche like, is what we called her. And so I'm tell like, me, girl. And, I'm, and literally I'm just like, so tell me. I'm like, so what happened? Like, what was it? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. What are, what are you drinking over there? Grandma loves a cocktail. So we do do cocktails together. Um, today is Monday is usually my day off. So today we will be um, we're doing uh, martinis with blue cheese stuffed olives. Right now, on, girl. I will right. say for grandma's alcohol, we get we do um, when I was a little girl, she used to do children's coffee. OK, <laughs> we give her uh, Alzheimer's alcohol. Right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we just want like it's how I give mocktails are fine. Like, I, give her, yeah. I give her half water and whatever it is. I don't want her like pina coladas are her vibe. Like they're her thing. Yes. She asked for them. So like last God. year for her birthday, we did um, loves ice cream. So we did an ice cream Sunday and pina colada party. Nice. Like, we just man throw my party. We just have a good like I just <laughs> think of it this way. I think to myself, I said, OK, if I were her and this were the stage of life I was at, mm -hmm. what would I want to do? Yeah. Wear pajamas, watch trash TV, eat the best snacks, mm -hmm. dance parties. Yeah. Totally. So that's pretty much like what we do. I love that. I love, Amazing. love, love that. And what I also love about um, watching you on social media adventures with grandma, is that what you call her, grandma? I call, so I call, so I call, she, much like a dog that you love, <laughs> she is 500 nicknames. Okay. Gotcha. So I have always, so when I was little, we, I called her Graham and Graham is usually what I call her, but one of her, so one of her nicknames is Liesl. Liesl. Okay. Okay. Because sometimes she's like stern in German. Okay. <laughs> so we've been calling her, we call her Liesl or Liesl May, um, Phantom Grandma, because she makes no sound oh. so if oh, you so she's don't like a ninja. Ninja. Yeah. so if you don't know she's awake she can terrify you <laughs> definitely had her um she got a boyfriend one time he was like oh and it, that's exactly what happens is you'll hear nothing and all of a sudden you, she's you're there. like oh <laughs> and she's done it to me at one o'clock in the morning while i was watching trash tv and it was like oh my god grandma come on <laughs> like, so just, her nicknames are lined up to her behavior to her behavior okay yeah got it that's yes. so funny okay yes. so, so phantom grandma is like when we're super quiet. Like at one point we were contemplating putting jingle bells on her just because we don't yeah. like know like totally she's anywhere. <laughs> she's like, a cat call. We're yeah. like, girl, there, there are jingle bells on the bathroom door now. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was important. like, I was like, that that's was important. important. But, um, yeah. Okay. So when I watch your adventures with your grandma, um, 
You are also open about your mental health, which is extremely transparent and awesome. Um, so you guys follow Becca. She's a beacon of light and honesty <laughs> and getting help. And but I just, just don't. What it's like. There's just. I think there's a lot of things in life that our parents didn't talk about. Mm. And they were to our parents' detriment. And I'm trying to undo these things before, I don't know, maybe one day I will have a small person. And there are things that were, that our parents did not because they were trying to be vicious, but because they thought they were doing what was of absolutely course. They the were best doing thing the best they could with, with the what tools they that they parents you know? do. Yeah. Exactly. Like, absolutely. Yes. And, and s- I'm doing the same thing with my kid. Like, yes. I'm trying to undo some things that weren't necessarily bad. bad. It's just. But I know that I'm probably fucking her up in a whole other way. Like, so like, you know, so, so one of the, the big things for me was um, being self-deprecating. I'm incredibly self-deprecating. It's a humor thing. It's a it's a millennial generational right. thing. But it absolutely comes out of my mom used to talk about herself in the meanest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it manifested in how I saw myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mom, you used to say all these things about yourself. I'm like, how did you think it made me feel? I was like, because if and she's you- like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. She literally she said, so literally she said she was like, oh crap. And I said, I was like, so it was like, if we start just practicing things now so we do this thing um basically if somebody says a comment about themselves that's negative i or my mom says it i say don't talk about my mom that way she's fantastic totally yeah so if you cut it off but you cut it off with something positive and so i just Mm -hmm. say don't talk about my friend that way yeah like just you gotta like and it's weird and every now and then i still will say like I think it's funny to say I'm a trash bag because sometimes I am. <laughs> I'm a beautiful pink trash bag, but sometimes I'm a trash bag. Sometimes I want to sit and do nothing, nothing. and wear a robe. And literally, I was watching Real Housewives Atlanta last night, and one of the housewives decided to sleep on someone's couch, and she's in like a robe and like 50 blankets. You're like, it me. My sister <laughs> goes, look, it's Becca. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's me. So, so trash bag is not always a bad thing, but I think, I don't know, we're trying to trying to undo the things and and get to the better place and i think i don't know i think that's one of the one of the tools that i actually notice consistently in watching RuPaul's Drag Race. It is a tool that he consistently gives the contestants in their critiques. He will critique them and he will say i see this thing in you, and he, he talks frequently about your inner saboteur, that little thing mm-hmm. that, like, tells you, like, that I'm not good enough, right. that I'm a trash bag, that I'm a, I'm all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that line of thinking, I feel like this next generation is going to come out better for it because they have half, hell, half the battle is we have the language Yes. We have the words to mm-hmm. say, oh, this means this. Like we had like, OK, we know that we have this feeling, but what's the word for that? Oh, that's imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like having the words and the language for stuff, I think, is so um, important. Well, and you have the words and the language because now the cat is out of the bag and people are talking about mental health issues yes. on such a wide scale. Like when I was a kid, nobody talked about mental health. No. Or if t- they did, you were like in a straitjacket committed to a facility. You know, like it wasn't it was not- it wasn't like we are all walking around being transparent about our mental health issues, which everyone has, you know, and and I think for me, one of the reasons that I kind of leaned in was because my mom and I had a really kind of tumultuous 
relationship at one point, probably like 10 plus years ago when I was newer, um, when I was like a freshman in college. And I actually was misdiagnosed as bipolar. Okay. I was misdiagnosed for years and years and it wasn't fun. And that's a whole long, wild story. But my mom said something that was kind of like, I knew it. You're just like your grandma. And my dad's mother was undiagnosed bipolar. And I was so upset with her for that because I was like, mom, I was like, you wanted something to explain away. I was explain away my behavior. I was like, but the reality was the situations I were in, anybody would have acted the way I acted. It was kind of situational depression and very up and down. And I was new at college and just all of those growing growing pains of figuring it out. Yeah. So, but I think one of the things that has made me, made me start to focus on it so much was when I was 19, I basically, I dropped out of school because of my mental health. That was really why I left. I couldn't get out of bed. I had lost like 25 pounds. Um, I, I lost 25 pounds because I had a horrible, horrible, terrible, terrible eating disorder. I just was not, everything was bad. Everything was bad. And I knew that I needed help. And I remember going to my doctor and she's telling me all of these things. And she said to me, she said, no one can care more about your mental health than you do. Mm Mm-hmm. And that one stuck with me. Good doctor. That one stuck with me that like and has stayed with me. And what I realized is that my dad, my grandmother had bipolar disorder. My father's mother had bipolar disorder and that colored his entire Mm -hmm. um, adolescence. She kicked my father out when she was 14. Um, My she boycotted my parents wedding. She kept my aunt from being at the like just lots of things that were a result of her, um, you know, untreated disease. And I remember seeing all the ways in which she hurt my dad and she hurt my aunt. And I was like, and if she had only you know, wanted to get better. And the reality was she was very much the person who's like, I don't want to be a burden, which is also my other grandma's Mm -hmm. thing. I don't want to be a burden. And so I said to myself, it was like the biggest way you could not be a burden is to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I just have like leaned in real hard and every day isn't a good day. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I mean, if we want to list off all of our fun diagnoses, we've got (laughs) depression, generalized anxiety disorder, um, and ADHD, and then, um, recovering, uh, eating disorder stuff, which is always fun to hear people be like, but you don't look like you have an eating disorder. And I'm like, it's so cute. I was like, I know. I was like, I know that it look only looks like people like skin and bones to most people, but no, it's not always that. But when I show people those pictures, they're like, I had a six pack. I am, I am not a body that is meant like, I'm not a body that's meant to be small. Like no matter what, even when I was like, my natural body is not meant to be a small body. I'm going to have ginormous boobs. Like, I'm just going to. It's just the body I've got, right? right? But at that time, like, your brain is playing these tapes over and over for you that's like, and it's the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's the, you're not good enough. And these things will come if you just lose this or if you just do this. And it's a control thing. Yep. It's about, it's it's control. It's like, okay, these are parts of my life I can't control, so this one I can. And so, I don't know. I just think it's so important. Everybody is fighting 
a battle, whether you know about it or not. More people than you know have mental health issues right now. Like we're a year into a pandemic. Right. The fact of the matter is I would be willing to bet about 80% of the population currently has low grade depression right now. At least. Absolutely. Yes, at least. 100%. And yes. a lot of people actually don't know what that is. And I talked about it um, on Instagram recently because people were like, oh my God, that's it. Yeah. That that's the oh that's like that, that's words. me. They're like that's those me. are words for the feelings, and I'm like, yeah. I was like, we've been trapped in the house for a year. You can't hug people. Right. You can't see. Like I know when I saw you today. Today's the first time I've. Yeah. I would normally hug, hug you, you, and I was like, hey, from yeah. far away. Like, so hey. and you. Well, we forget the importance of human of human contact, and mm -hmm. that yeah. hugs literally are proven to lower your anxiety. Oh yeah, like literally, like so. There are days when I will have um, a bad day, and my, it's so funny. We never realized this as kids, but my sister and I would have a bad day, and we'd go to our mom and say, "Squeeze me." Oh, I love that. And we didn't yeah. realize that like it was because literally it straight up like, lowers your heart. It was a thing. It yeah. like lowers it your heart rate. It floods your brain you with serotonin. Like, it, yeah, like you get all the good dopamine and all the chemicals uh, rolling. Like, yes. And they say yeah. that when you hug somebody that most people have this instinct after three to five seconds to like let go. But if you hold like if, if you, you go and make it weird. Okay, no, like make, weird. exactly, make it <laughs> because weird. you get so many more benefits, you know, like yeah. psychologically and physically, if you can hold it for that eight, 10, 15, so Jessica's sweating right now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like my worst nightmare. It is. But, uh, you know, like, but it just, I swear, once you settle, you're like, but when I can hug people again, I will probably hug for eight seconds. I'm going to set a timer. <laughs> Okay, like, you heard it here first. We're going to make this happen, great. okay? like Okay, yes. Let's make it happen. Fine. Hug timers. Hug yeah. timers, yes. So can I, we okay. talk about our homework that we all had? Yes, let's talk let's about, about our, our homework. Um, so, first of all, like, yes, RuPaul was our badass of the week. Um, I made an effort to... Kind of dress as an ode to RuPaul. I'm wearing my ridiculous Jeffrey Campbell I love shoes wearing it. that I literally don't wear anywhere because look at them. Um, but I should, right? They're you know, they're and awesome. now they're amazing. They're and now looking at your shoes, I'm disappointed at myself because <laughs> guys, RuPaul very clearly says if you want to make more money, always wear a suit. And I looked at two before I came <laughs> today. <laughs> I know it. Um, Yes. Um, and I'm wearing my killer queen. Queen. Okay. Indie. Do you want to know why that's so, <laughs> so on par? Why? Okay. So I know y'all don't watch the international drag races, no, but I yet. do. And UK is currently airing and their um, runway challenge uh, week t or week one was UK queer icons. And one of them came out as Freddie Mercury. <gasps> Obviously. Uh, Freddie Mercury. I need to watch this episode <laughs> right now. I'll, I'll give you, okay. I'll give you okay. access. Yeah. But okay. it's amazing. Came out with a bedazzled Hoover beehive wig mustache. Stash, From I'm, the I want to be free video. Oh my god. Oh my it was god. some of the it was
was a it's a drag queen named Cherry Valentine. Also, amazing thing, um, Cherry Valentine is a traveler, or the other, um, I guess, non PC word is gypsy, but she's a right. traveler, which yeah. is so amazing um, to see. Is that like the that first traveler queen. Can, yes, that they've contestant had? ever. Wow, yes, amazing. and it was really okay. really interesting. But yes, um, gotta watch that episode for that killer queen look. I love it. Okay, so yes, Laurie like really took this to heart well to heart head on so two things sister okay i bought myself a subscription to Masterclass for christmas because there were so many amazing things that i wanted to learn but the main reason i bought it was because i saw that rupaul had a master class on self-expression and i was like like, did you know rupaul did a master class so that was what motivated my purchase yes um along with all of the other amazing people that are on there but then in addition to that i have the soft spot for drag queens anyway because i was exposed to queens at such a young age back in the like late 80s early 90s when drag queens were still very like tied up in in the box i also lived in oklahoma See, not a huge uh, you know queen you know my, like set of circumstances my introduction to drag was so like when i think of that I was watching RuPaul's talk show as a child. Oh yeah, and not sneak, like not sneaking to watch it. And then I said to somebody, I was like, I just realized that my family's been progressive for so long mm. because RuPaul, y'all remember when Old Navy used to do albums? Oh yeah, yes. Hey, Old Navy did a Christmas album in 1998, and RuPaul has a song on it called "Christmas at My House," <laughs> and it has been on our family Christmas playlist. Ever since that year. Okay. It, it is literally one of our favorites. It's the cutest song. Twas the night before Christmas and all through my house, not a creature was stirring, not even a funky little mouse. I mean, come on, Rue. What's not Dead. to like? But so yeah. yeah. So the Queens, I was maybe I don't I don't even know. I hate to do ages and years because it gets all jumbled. I was a preteen age girl when I started to spend enough time with them that they could make a real impact on like what image was. And when you're 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever age I was, it is, you're trying to compare yourself to other people and trying to figure out where you fit. And like, I, we've already talked about awkward stages of young womanhood. Like I was an awkward, weird, funky looking kid, you know? And the Queens were so big on helping me understand that I know you want to look like everybody else, but what makes you amazing is that you don't look like everybody else. So it's okay that you have blonde eyelashes. Like it is okay that, and the story that I talk about a lot is when I was in a homecoming court, I was a cheerleader or whatever, you know, and then you got to dress up for the homecoming game in these formal dresses and all of the girls were wearing short black formals of some sort, you know, Um, and the queens would not allow it. They said, if all of those girls are going to wear short black dresses, you, my friend, are wearing floor length white sequins, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. Like, I was full on drag oh my hair, God, makeup, white this sequins with gold leaf, you know, like I looked First of all, like I was 28 years old, you know, like, like, when you're so young, much you, older than like, all those girls. So old, yes. And then if you look at the pictures of the amazing. homecoming court. They all do look exactly the same. And then you look at me and you're like, damn, girl. Now, at the time, it was kind of hard, you know, like I felt very uncomfortable, you know, Um, but it was such a big lesson for me that a 
dressing in drag as it were that that's something that you can carry your drag energy into any situation no matter how you're dressed or what you look like like you can channel your inner queen yeah. when you're scared when you feel you know every like every day like every like day Ru says, like Ru says we're all bored naked and the rest is drag everything Absolutely. you do every day when you wake up when you choose your shoes when you choose your hair when you um got to be buttoned up for this corporate meeting when you got to go be the fun wild girl at the birthday party it's just different styles of drag totally. you're choosing for the day Absolutely. and the fact that he is teaching millions of people via masterclass drag race yes. all of the different things that he's doing these same things that made such a big impact on me 25 30 years ago like that is I'm so proud of the movement. I'm so proud of the cultural shift that's happened around drag. I'm so encouraged that um, just the progress that the whole industry has made, where now it's like mainstream drag, you it know? That well, and that so, so many makeup so trends are from drag. All of them. Oh all my the gosh. Instagram Are you kidding trends, me? all the YouTube and trends. Why did I turn out to be a makeup artist? Like Y'all know that like the last five years or probably the last five to seven years of my life have been the bane of my existence trying to help um, cis straight women understand mm. that by painting drag, they're actually not doing themselves favors. Right. Sweetheart, you don't need to bake under your eyes. You're making yourself look creepy and you're young. What for? What are you baking? Yeah, you're like... painting for the back row and you're going to be in your boyfriend's mother's living room. Sister, where are you going? <laughs> Where you go? Why'd you contour so like some or people got so into the paint by numbers? Mm -hmm. Yes, kind like of. When Kim Kardashian came out with the oh yeah. my god, Becca's rolling her eyes. Oh my god, the contour highlight with the like literally drawing lines on your face that is from drag, but yeah. people credit Kim Kardashian, Kardashian. for it. Which Let sorry, Kim, love you, to but tell I hate you. To the masses. If your skin tone is the same as mine. Banana powder is not for you, <laughs> Ben Nye is a wonderful, wonderful company, <laughs> and they make nine other colors for your skin tone. Today, I am wearing a mixture of colors. Banana is not for me. You look crazy. I love you, and I want better for you. Preach. I love it. Okay, so... RuPaul's Masterclass. RuPaul's Masterclass. If you haven't watched it, you guys, it's worth, worth your money. Um, yes. Someone gifted it to yes. me last year and uh, I cried in like the first five minutes. Yes. <laughs> and I scheduled a phone call with her this week to thank her because yes. she doesn't live here. And it truly one of the best gifts that I have been given. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so good. So, good. so many light bulb moments. So yeah. what are we what are we hitting well, on, Lori? I first want to just dive into this idea that like Rue goes there about who you have to be inside before you can express anything on the outside. So, you know, it, it was a class about self-expressionism, you know, like if you're looking yeah. at what the masterclass was, how to do self-expression. But I knew that it was going to have something to do with drag. I imagine a lot of people that watch it are um, interested in doing drag or want to become, you know, some version of a drag queen. Um, so I love that it wasn't right off the bat. Let me show you how to do makeup. Let yes. me show you how to do. I love it that he w understands that fundamentally like, no, no, before we you get can't there. perform Form on any level the... till you do the work on the inside mm -hmm. first. But 75% of the masterclass 
is the work on the inside. Mm -hmm. And the last 10, 15, 20% is, okay, now let's do you up on the outside, you know? And that I sent such a beautiful message, I think. I really liked that. About yeah. drag, about life, about working, about everything. That if you don't do the inside work, all of this stuff on the outside is That's shallow. Nobody cares. Nobody's engaged. You don't make the impact that you want. Like, if you do the good work inside, then it can happen on the outside. So, um... The inner child stuff that I wasn't expecting my reaction that I had, but like I'm yes. standing in the kitchen, like cooking and watching this at the same time and holding a spatula and crying, you know, like I can't, I burnt something I because I was busy. I am thank So the only reason that one didn't get me is because I have spent the last year quarantine meant there was time for a lot of self-help reading books mm -hmm. um, and a dove. Um, I listened to a mental health podcast and it was called um, good kid, mad city. And it was basically about your inner child and your attachment style and how that informs everything. everything. Yeah. Yes. And so after I think that was last year in April and I started deep diving on that inner child stuff. And that was what led to the conversation with me and my mom. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, but that, doing stuff for that little kid like in in my last relationship he was struggling with stuff and I was like next time you go home and see your parents I need you to go and get find the picture of you at your tiniest and happiest and most un like unbroken nothing had happened yet bring that picture home I was like put it on your mirror I was like and when you are struggling you need to talk to that kid mm -hmm. How does that kid feel like what are because and also learning about inner child stuff. Y'all, I can see other people's stuff so much more mm -hmm. clearly. So before where I used to be like, oh, no, I'm done with you. Right. Like you don't get along with women. You have issues. Now I'm able to be like. Oh my gosh. This is deep-rooted. Right. You don't get along with women because the first relationship in your life was your mother, who is a drug addict who abandoned you. And so every time you feel any slight from a woman, it's your mom again mm -hmm. and you're hurt again and you lash out. So like things start to connect, but that inner child stuff is it's deep. Deep. The inner child stuff was really deep. I haven't gotten into a lot of inner child stuff until I started following holistic psychologists right. on Instagram. She talks a lot about reparenting yourself. Mm -hmm. But when Rue was going through the whole, like sitting on the front porch, sit on the front porch. Oh, my, oh his my dad, God. I was like, Oh my God. But like, and when he said, that's never going to leave you. Right. You're always going to have it. Like RuPaul is how old? RuPaul is old. RuPaul and, and my mother are both 50. I was about to say 50 late fifties. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the fact that he's still like that his baby RuPaul is dealing with abandonment. The wound issues. is still there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, fucking look at him. <laughs> and I guess that's the glory part of yeah. it, you know, is that you look at somebody like RuPaul and you're like, he doesn't have any issues that keep him from being who he oh, is. Like, that's not true, does. man. And All that, the issues. Like, and that, I think the, th the, the lesson in that is that 
these things being with you and shaping you don't have you don't have to stay stuck. No, you don't have to. That's a choice. It it's is a, a choice. And so and actually that's that's something I used to say all the time to people because my dad died when I was a kid. And I would say if I turned out to be a drug addict and a prostitute and all of these other things, no one would fault me. Everyone would understand. Yeah. Everyone would know why but it would still be my life that looked right. that way. And that's not the life I want for myself. Mm -hmm. So it's a choice. It was a choice. Absolutely. Like, so you make the choice every day, even on my depressed days, I have to make the choice. And I have to say, you're like, you're needed here. Mm -hmm. I know you don't feel needed today, but you're needed. But you're here, yeah. So keep going. Yeah. The other thing that really hit home and I already started to implement it because anytime I take a class or do something like that, I'm really interested in not just what did I remember, but what did I immediately start doing? You know, where I was like, that's such a great idea. I'm going to do it now. Was this the next time that you find yourself thinking about someone who mistreated you schedule time to exercise, meditate, or do something else that creates joy for you. Mm -hmm. Repeat this Anytime one of these negative thoughts comes up until you create a habit of choosing joy instead of negativity. What hit home for me was that, you know, like my, I may not dwell on having been wronged by somebody, but it comes up in regularly enough in my mental game where I'm like, this shouldn't be taking up so much room in my head, in my heart, in my life. You know, like, why can't I let go of this? It never occurred to me to replace it with something that created joy until my brain is like, okay, I don't need this negativity anymore. Let's just go for the joy. Yeah. And it, and so it's create, I'm creating new pathways in my brain now that anytime I think about something that I feel like somebody wronged me, I immediately drop that. And I think what's going to make you feel better right well, now. It's like the letting go of the payoff. Yes. That like yes. we all have this, like, we're always chasing this high of like almost the bad thing, like the adrenaline, the adrenaline rush, yeah. the, you mm -hmm. know, and as soon as you're willing to let that go and be like, no, there's joy on the on other end of that, that, yeah. that I don't have to go through all this suffering mm -mm. and drama to get there. I could just go straight, straight for the to the joy. joy yeah. <laughs> like, Love it. I was like, oh, thanks, like, Rue. Like trying what? to think of like, because he used arriving late yeah. as like the example, mm -hmm. but I was trying to think, oh gosh, where in my life do I choose to do things the hard way and to suffer to get on the other side of joy when really it's just so easy to get there. Bam. You can go right. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, I also loved the idea of like, and I feel like I try and do this as much as possible. Like what's the worst case scenario. So when you're scared of something or you're moving into something that's new to you and you have anxiety about it to talk about what, or to think about even like, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst possible thing that could happen here and make it I'm a champion of that. And then thinking. you get so silly all of a sudden that you're like, what the hell am I even worried about anyway? Like, just go for it. And I operate on the thought process that what the worst somebody can say is no. And if that is the worst right. that can happen in a scenario, I will be fine. <laughs> and there are so many opportunities. I've done makeup for Grammy winners because I asked. Yeah, I've like mm -hmm. I, there are so many opportunities I've had. And people are like, how'd you do that? I asked. Yeah, you I up. literally yeah. just asked because what is the worst that they could say? I have done makeup for she is literally one of my favorite artists. Like I'm a big arts person. Her name's Ashley Longshore and she is a pop artist out of Louisiana and she's 
fucking hilarious and just amazing. I literally emailed her and I was like, hey, I see you're coming to Dallas. I just really want to do your makeup. I am so inspired by your art and the colors and the vibrancy and the glitter and the all of that. And she was like, hey, um, she's like, I've got someone this time. She's like, but next time I'm in town, she's like, I'm going to hold you to it. She's like, seriously, email me next time. I emailed her next time. She hired me. She paid me double. Nice. And I now have a working relationship with her forever. I actually have had friends visit New Orleans and I'm like, oh, you got to go to her studio. Like it's open. You can go visit. I had a friend go and she was like, yeah, me and Ashley just sat and talked about you for like an hour and how much we like you. And that was literally just an opportunity. I just the worst that she could have said to me was, no, thanks. I've got someone. Right. But but instead she was like, no, I see this artist who's younger than me. And I was here once. So, yeah, next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do my makeup. The worst she could have said was no. And if she had said no, what would I have? I still would have been a fan. Right. Like nothing bad would have happened. And I think we get so hung up on the fear of rejection. And that is the best thing that theater has given me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is baby's Teflon. (laughs) Call me ugly all day long. A bitch been on dating apps since 2013. Come at me. Try to hurt my feelings. Try it. Oh, my God. My favorite was the guy in Colorado who is like, sorry, I don't like fat black girls. And I was like, yet somehow you still swiped right. So you're right. right. So what are we doing here? Like, I was like, you don't like fat black girls or you don't want anyone to know you like fat black girls. (laughs) What's your sign? Tell me right now. (laughs) What's your sign? I'm an Aries. Okay. Okay. It makes a lot of sense, right? It makes it makes a lot of sense, but I'm an Aries who's on the Pisces cusp. So lots of the nurturing. Totally. I see. Yeah. All the warm and I'm trying not to make assumptions. But yeah, I had, but yeah, I, and I had you narrow it down to like, yeah, yeah, it's down. very, it's, and there are two things that seemingly like don't go together. Like I'm loud and boisterous, but I am the most nurturing, mm. like come, I will hug you like, like hate to be the magical Negro, but like, yeah, come like rest your head in the mammy titty. It's fine. I got you girl. Like, oh and it, but that's who, that's who I am. Well, like, I love the shit out of you. For like, all that. I'm just going to tell you right now. Love you, Rebecca. Um, I've always loved you. So yeah, There's RuPaul's masterclass. Yes. Blew my mind. It, we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. Okay, but, but before we go. What? Tell me. I want to I want to tell a RuPaul story. Please. Ooh. So my bachelorette party was at the Rose Room at S4. As one does. It was and a great bachelorette party. I was pissed because um <laughs> Who was performing that night? Well, they wouldn't let me reserve space. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's my bachelorette party, which they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. So I get there and what do I see in the front row? Reserved seats. Yeah. Reserved seats. And I was like, they told me they don't reserve seats here. I was so pissed off. Guess who was there? Raja. <laughs> I mean. Raja Gemini was there. Oh, indeed. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Like I spent. So, like, easily an hour before she got there, pissed off. Just being, yes. Just fuming. being fuming. Fuming that someone got a reserved seat and I didn't. <laughs> and Raja Gemini shows up and I'm like, oh. I feel um, better. But 
she wasn't performing. She, she was just, she there. was just, yeah. yeah. She guess. ended up getting on stage, which was fantastic. The girls, cut. she comes, Willem loves it here. Uh, yeah. It's a good, yeah. good scene here, though. Yeah, it's a good scene. Um, when they were, are they open? I don't even know if they're open. They're, um, so digital drag shows and then outdoor and drag then the, shows. like parking lot ones, the parking right? Lot the drive-thru. Show. Yeah, the drive through shows. So support your local queens and go to a drive-in drag show or an outdoor drag show. Yes. The girls are turning it in disgusting temperatures because I did go to a show um, in August. Bless the dolls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How do you keep on that makeup in August? I don't know, but Kennedy Davenport did it and a death drop. So, (laughs) it was my first outing out of the house. And I said, if I'm going to do it, it's got to be worth it. And it was outside and everybody had to wear a mask. And Kennedy Davenport got me drunk. I was made to play musical shots and I had a great time. (laughs) That's amazing. Done and done. I love it. <laughs> but I do love Raja. I think oh. like she's my favorite out of all of them. And that was early on. Do you want to know why? Because you know Raja from else. Raja is in your brain. Do you know why? Why? Raja was the makeup artist for Top Model for years before. That is that. totally true. Oh my God. I and didn't even think forget, about so it. So you have been see, you had been seeing Raja for years. <laughs> and a lot of people have that disconnect oh, wow. and didn't realize they're wait, they're like, wait, that was and I was I like, know? yes, you had been yes. watching Raja on your television for years. Except did they go by Raja on Top Model or did they go by their so, given given name? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Totally. Yeah. All right. That's full, it. full circle. Full circle. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, badasses. Get on Instagram and follow at Becca Ashman. Yay. And then at B A Beauty. Yeah, yeah. At B A Beauty T X is where TX. And yeah. all of this will be in the episode notes. Yes. All the ways that you can reach her and follow her and see her uh, awesomeness go on. Thanks for coming in today, lady. This Thanks. was so much this fun. Was so fun. Uh, maybe we need to do like a straight drag episode and just yeah. make it all about drag. there's so much to talk about yes. I like this okay cool okay uh, <laughs> bye you guys get on guys. and uh, follow at Badass Ladies Club check out www.badassladiesclub.com there's some really cool new merch going up soon uh, we'll see you guys soon have a good one alright bye, bye guys bye.